episode with Mary and Candace. Say your part, Candace. Say hey. Mary, just go ahead and do your thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. This is normal for us. Today, we got some special guests joining us. I don't know if you guys tuned in to our reunion episode and where we talked about the organization that I help volunteer for. Well, today, we have the executive director and founder, along with the chief operating officer. So let's welcome Michelle Norman and Jennifer Barnhill. Hey, ladies. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thanks for having us. us. Thank you guys are awesome. Part of this, I loved your episode, your your reunion episode. It was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun just to hear it. Also, Mary, from like when we met finally for the first time in DC, and to hear your perspectives of everything, and also meeting you, Candace. That was that was a pretty cool episode. So I'm just feeling honored that you guys invited us today and have a have a fun combo. It'll be great. Yeah, and, and honestly, if you if you ladies don't mind just giving us a little bit of background um, about yourselves and also your you know your position in the organization as well. Sounds good. I'll start off. Um, so Michelle Norman, I'm a Navy spouse. Gosh, for about 26 years or so, um, living here in Virginia Beach, Virginia on the East Coast. Whoop, whoop. And uh, <laughs> hey, <B-A. laughs> um, Cali, West yeah, Coast. She's the West Coast. I'm the East Coast. <laughs> so we kind of span everybody because then we got Mary in Hawaii. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've been a part of this Navy community for a long, long time. My husband's a pilot. He now commands and drives ships. So he's um, a part of the carrier, the, the John C. Stennis here out of Norfolk, Virginia. Um, we have two beautiful kiddos. And uh, my daughter is actually the inspiration for Partners in Promise. She was born very early, about 17 years ago, and um, has a lot of disabilities. And so we quickly enrolled in the Exceptional Family Member Program. And um, it's been a ride. You know, we're just thankful and blessed that she's here. Um, We've had a lot of challenges medically. And when she got older, we had a lot of issues educationally as well, particularly when we moved back here about six, seven years ago. And um, we've had a lot of legal battles to ensure that she has an appropriate education. And um, in in that journey, we've met a lot of folks that have helped us and trying to make big change, you know, legislatively and within our community, within the Navy. So um, it's been a ride. And along the way, I've met wonderful people like Jennifer and a lot of other fantastic people on our team that are all um, motivated and committed to try to help our exceptional military families. And so we just came up with this idea of, of taking it to the next level, having a nonprofit that really just focused on special education and, and how to improve and remove those educational hurdles for our kiddos. So um, and I'll let Jennifer tell you how we how we met up and um, we grew from one person, well, four founders. So there's Grace Kim, who's now our, our board president, and um, Shannon DeBlock and Casey McCarley and myself. And then um, I kind of just started Partners of Promise. Grace is now board director. And then our team just started to grow. So fortunately, Jennifer is one of them. So I'll let her kind of talk a little bit about how we how we kind of met it's a small navy world <laughs> it is it is um, um i'm jen barnhill chief operating officer but i actually met michelle because i was interviewing her i'm a military family reporter and 
I was just writing an article about her and the work that she was doing. And it was really just one of those moments where, I mean, we call them uh, Harry Potter wand yeah. moments, you know, like you, you get the right, <laughs> the right wand the, when it like the house blows up when it's the wrong one. But like, this was one of those moments where I saw an organization that had a mission that was not just like a bunch of people complaining about a problem. They had solutions with it. Um, and you know, it's tempting with the military sometimes when you have problems to just like vent about it. Right. I mean, like (laughs) we're on a podcast venting happens, (laughs) right. (laughs) But, but at the same time I was like, okay, this, this gal, Michelle has solutions and they're not the research solutions or database solutions, um, that can actually make change. And I, at that time, didn't have any connection to special education at all, um, to my knowledge. Until, you know, recently I'm having my daughter now evaluated for um, a learning disability for ADHD. And so I didn't think I needed to know about the Exceptional Family Member Program other than I was helping and volunteering. And it turns out I was very uniquely placed to be able to help my own daughter because of this organization. So it's it's, it's personal. Awesome. Now it's yeah. personal, right? Like all the things Absolutely. you've learned along the way, you can actually apply yourself. And, you know, and when I met Jen, let me tell you, she's not the easiest person to like be. She knows how to interview well. <laughs> she can okay. I'm like, what are you dig. about to say about me? <laughs> no, no. Like you. I'm not that easy. Like, yeah, it's correct. But she actually- <laughs> Well, I'm not going to talk about whatever that's going down that rabbit hole. (laughs) I mean, you know how to claim it. Let's back up the train here. (laughs) You're a great interviewer, but you know how to dig. And so your questions were not easy. And that's what I loved about your writing when I first, you know, was starting to follow you. I'm like, she's asking the hard questions. She's asking the, having those uncomfortable questions conversations. And I just loved that about her. It was not fluff and I hate fluff. And so that's where Jen, I'm like, if there's anyone that's going to write this article and can do it well, getting the facts right and the data right, it's Jen. And so it just was like a perfect match, you know, match in heaven. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) And then what happened? (laughs) So you have to continue with the story. Oh, um, I don't even know where we left off with the story, Michelle. <laughs> what, what just that? Remember when, okay, so I was able to testify <laughs> in D.C., and so we were talking a lot during that point, and it got really busy, remember? Just like everyone oh, contacting me, here, I want to write this article about, you know, speaking about EFMP in front of the House Armed Services Committee, and I think I just started to get really overwhelmed. And then, like, again, that magic wand, you know, Jen kind of swings back to me and says, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Do you need any help? You know, and I just felt like so much relief that somebody understood how complicated, you know, this issue was and was willing to take the ball with me and, and run with it. So right. it just was, you know, a beautiful thing. And that's how we, we started really Partners in Promise. One person, two and people, then, and poof. Yeah. And then, then we got Mary and, <laughs> and that. Yes. <laughs> but no, but seriously, yeah. like, it's amazing. We've just grown as an organization and, and, you know, I think we have Candace too. That's right. She's a part <laughs> yeah, of we it. Do. Exactly. <laughs> it's a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so yeah. true. So, 
I was going to say, you know, you kind of spoke on, you know, your daughter being the inspiration behind starting the organization, but can you kind of get a little more in depth in the actual process of going from it just being an idea to it actually being a full running organization that's actually out here creating change? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, that's true. A lot of people, as Jen said, when they run into like problems, like in the military, it's easy to like vent about it and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was on the phone with TRICARE like for four hours and I didn't get anybody. And, you know, that kind of happens a lot with the EFMP program. And um, when we started talking about solutions and I looked around at other military service organizations, like who else is talking about special ed? Like who else has this in one of their you know, primary issues and nobody really was touching upon it. Like we knew we were onto something when I really, cause they always tell you don't start a nonprofit. If someone else is doing the exact same thing, you know, you're stronger together. And so if you can partner with anybody and trust me, we, we did, we took our time. We really did talk to a lot of other organizations to see if there were, you know, some opportunities there to kind of like not reinvent the wheel. Right. Um, but we realized that there was just no one out there for advocating on behalf of the military families and their children. You know, there were different focuses of different organizations, but truly there were none that were military spouse led that really were focused on educating and advising those families so that they can feel empowered to kind of make, you know, make great choices to help their child get an appropriate education. And so I think that was kind of the first step is like, is anyone else doing what we're doing? Um, and then when we realized that there wasn't, um, it just made sense to kind of formally organize and um, just try to figure out where our space is, you know, in the community and be that single voice because there was really no voice for EFMP. And sure enough, actually, after we formed, we thought, wow, there are a few other organizations that are talking about different aspects of EFMP. Maybe we should try to create the EFMP coalition um, which we did, which has five different organizations that all have a focus of EFMP. And we feel that was a wonderful way to amplify, you know, all of our concerns. And we meet on a monthly basis. In fact, Jen, you know, was able to join today. They had a meeting today. And it's just finally, you know, the, the stronger your voice, more people are going to listen to you. And someone's, you know, you got that seat at the table that we're like, finally, you know, finally, you know, even though it's a small percentage, I guess, you know, but 10%, 12% of the families are EFMP in the military, um, they always were left out, you know, of some of the big changes that are happening for military families. And, you know, I think also when you think about how stressed our families are, you know, and how burdened they are just taking care of children with special needs, you know, that really does have that impact on military family readiness, you know, the retention of our families, the ability of our service members to be able to do their job without stressing out about how their families are doing back home. And so it all goes back to, you know, how do we strengthen our military families so that they can serve and stir, serve without any of those worries of, you know, their families being taken care of, as we should. We should take care of all of our military families. And so, um, yeah, so blessed that, uh, we made it to this next step. We're still young. We're very lean. And, um, but I could not ask for a more amazing team that all are very committed and dedicated to this mission. And, um, you know, we always talk about the strong whys, 
and every single one of us have a strong why. And I, I just, you know, if I had, you know, endless money, I'd pay them all and be able to say, you know, let's keep going. And, um, I think that's the great thing is that they're here because of not the money. They're here because they know they're making a yeah, difference absolutely. and it may not be for their family initially, but for the families that are coming after us. And so it's just, um, it's grown into a fantastic organization. I could not be happier with, with the direction we're going. And of course we've got great people at every level too. You know, we've got fantastic COO, we've got a great development director, we've got great advocacy, Mary, we got special projects, um, perfect, you know, social media. We got some experts such as um, EFMP experts, dyslexia experts. So, you know, we, we've got everybody covered. So it's been a, a fantastic ride so far. Hopefully, hopefully got great more things are coming in, in our future. Which, you know, we talk about a few of them. <laughs> One of them would be yeah. the survey coming up. And I'll let John talk about that in our podcast. So lots of great <laughs> stuff. Lots of great stuff. Did you get all of that? <laughs> we have so much. To, we, have a, we have a lot of stuff going on. So, <laughs> what, so, so before we get into that, I, I'm sorry, what you about to say something, Candice? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Before we get in that, I, you, you guys touched bases on, you know, how the organization came apart, but the name. Who came up with the name? Yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> that was a very long process. Um, you know, it really came down to we were able to go to the Congressional Military Family Caucus Summit in October 2019. We had, I had done some advocating on the Hill and I found a, a few, you know, there are many legislators that were actually interested in the exceptional family member program. Um, but one of them was the co-chairs of that caucus, which was Congress, Cong Congresswoman McMorris Rogers and Congressman Bishop out of um, Georgia. And uh, she said, you know, this is great. I want you guys to speak, you know, at this summit that we're having in Fort Benning. And I'm like, this is awesome. The first time that anyone's speaking on special education, because they've had previous panels um, on housing, military spouse, employment, you know, all the normal issues and education, but more general mm -hmm. education, you know, the typical education issues. But no one was speaking to special education. So um, me and the other co-founders came together and like, okay, this is our moment. <laughs> Let's put together an awesome presentation that kind of defines the issue, but then bring the solutions to the table. You know, what are the things we would like to see that um, could be enforced legislatively that will help these families? And so we had this great presentation. Um, Congressman McMorris Rogers came back to us not even a week later and said, you know what? This is awesome draft some legislation for me. And so, <laughs> what? <Wow>. No big <laughs> deal. No, no big, big deal. deal. <laughs> I do that every day, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it was on, on your free time, have yeah. you ever written a law? You yeah. know, one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, of course, we're freaking out just a little bit, but we all, you know, have experienced various degrees of challenges in special ed. Of course, Drace is an attorney, you know, I went through, our family's been through two um, formal administrative hearings, which we call due processes. So I've seen the ups and downs. Um, and the other two gals as well had been through due processes or very difficult situations. So we came up with 
what you would call the Promise Act. And it took a long time to come up with something snazzy because everybody on the Hill wants a snazzy word. (laughs) So the Promise (laughs) Act stands for Protecting the Rights of Military Children in Special Education. So P-R-O-M-I-S-E. And And if you're um, wondering, that's not grammatically correct capitalization. That's right. Which only bothers me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and as an English major, as a writer, it's hard, but it I is a, a promise matters. It does matter. <laughs> okay, so it Sorry. does. I, I love the Promise Act, and I love Partners in Promise, but my grammatical red pen doesn't, you know. Well, I want to see what you would have come up with, because, man, it is hard no, I know, to come hard. up with something that's, that's snazzy. <laughs> but that is where, you know, the Promise Act was, like, initially 12 different initiatives that we felt could be enacted and that would help military families. And over time, that Promise Act um, has been, you know, modified and altered. So I think we're down to like six or seven of them. Um, And so that's really where we decided, well, we know that we need to work with others to get this through. So when we were thinking about the organization, it's like, why don't we come up with something that has promise in it but that other people can come together and support and empower. And that's where Partners In came in. So Partners in Promise, everyone works together on behalf of our military children with special needs. It's kind of all seemed to click into place, you know. So um, that's kind of the background of it. And if you want to know more, of course, go to our website at thepromiseact.org. It has a little bit of history there, you know, how we kind of came together. And um, we even have the Promise Act, I think, on there, too. It's one of our early blogs back in the day. So, um, yeah, it's come along and, and, you know, legislatively it's been fantastic because, um, last year, um, 50% of those initiatives were enacted in the uh, defense budget. So we're just working on the last portions of it and hope that we can see some progress this year and the next year and, and going forward. But, um, it was a big year for EFMP and, um, you don't always see that every year. So we were very fortunate. The timing and the momentum was, we were in the right place at the right time. So it was great. <laughs> okay. Now, do you guys, have you um, noticed any differences between like the branches? Are there different experiences when it comes to some of these issues between the branches? I feel like Mary's like nodding her head right there. I feel like Mary, <laughs> Mary you can jump. You've got this. You got we know it. you've got it. This, you, this, this is this is for this this part. This interview is for y'all too. Focus on y'all too. I'll, I'll say my little two cents, but I'm gonna let y'all take take the lead. <laughs> so that was actually included last year. So standards, it's definitely different. We know. Um, we know this from our family stories. So like our organization is primarily focused on storytelling in two different ways. Um, talking to people like this in a podcast or a blog or an interview. Um, and also in our data and our survey data. So we know that our families are experiencing different things based on those two aspects of storytelling. And it, it that, so they confirmed it. Um, last year in the defense budget, it did call for standardization across the military service branches. Um, and, you know, the logical question is, well, where is it? You know, where is that standardization? <laughs> um, and, and like Good anything question. with the, gov- <laughs> the government, you know, it takes time, and, but it is something Partners in Promise is paying attention to and asking for that information for our families. Because I think, 
you know, that's a hard thing. Um, no matter the topic, whether it's EFMP or at TRICARE updates or, you know, what is covered and what isn't, you know, all those things that are hard to understand um, or access information in the military, it's, that's always a problem. So our job as an organization is to find a way to communicate what is available to families. And so we're on it and <laughs> we will um, share on our website any updates to EFMP. So if your listeners are plugged in or they need to know these updates, feel free to to check out our website. We have a newsletter where they can subscribe and get some updates. Um, but also just to share stories because I, if things are working, we want to know that too. Right. Um, and like I said, we're a survey-based organization. We believe in the data because um, that can help make change, right? So mm-hmm. it, I'm a nerd, but yeah. I love the data. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But uh, we are a little partial to the Navy, obviously. So <laughs> I would say that there's a lot of great yeah, things, you know, just that are happening in the Navy. Um, but it is great that there's there's movement to standardize among all the service branches, you know. And um, I will say that, you know, the Marine Corps kind of led the way initially. They are a smaller service. So they were able to kind of maybe pivot a little bit over a decade ago with EFMP and um, they hired like uh, education attorneys to help. They hired more case managers for EFMPs and they, they have everybody located in one central location, you know, assignments, personnel, blah, blah, blah. So they can just go up a floor or down a floor to kind of answer all the EFMP questions. Whereas, you know, for like Navy, they're kind of separated and, um, you got military personnel, um, in Millington, Tennessee, you've got, you know, the CNIC and DC and BUMED in two different places. So, you know, each service does it a little differently. So the standardization is going to be amazing. Um, there hasn't really been a lot of communication yet on where every, you know, service branch is on that process. But the idea is they're all going to be, you know, operating the same way, no matter what base you go to, even if it's a joint base, hopefully families will know to expect the exact same thing. So, Exactly. That'll be exciting. And, and we're, we're just excited to, to ask families what their experience is through our survey. Um, and one, so this is a little bit different, but part of the reason why we're, we're talking is we obviously want to hear from all the, all families uh, about their experiences with EFMP so that we can right. take those experiences and share them with others. Um, the reason it's important and, and it, it drives what we do as an organization. Um, we heard in our survey last year that a lot of families are worried about enrolling in EFMP because of stigma and mm-hmm. worry about a service member career. Mm-hmm. Um, these yeah. are real problems. You know, this is not just CFMP, mm-hmm. but just anything where you're self-identifying within the military can feel really frightening for families. And we actually found in our survey that the folks who were connected to EFMP, not necessarily because the program was great, but if they were plugged into EFMP, they had better outcomes for special education, which was really interesting. Um, right. We're not saying that that's because of the program itself. But I think it's, as you know, if you're plugged into a resource or a community and you know who to ask a question of in the military, that's Mm -hmm. gold. Um, So we know that that stigma is preventing folks from getting the resources they need. So we're doing a podcast. And to address all these different areas of stigma, uh, we know this is a huge 
huge issue for military families. So, I mean, I know I want to keep talking to you about that too, but <laughs> there's so much well, no, going no, on. No, no, go ahead and jump yeah. in. Tell the listeners oh. what the podcast name is, tell them what the mission is and what it's all about. Well, I, I'm just trying to get y'all to come on the podcast. What? That's right. <laughs> we do. But you just got to put us on a spot like that. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. That's how you get the that's how you get the story. Didn't Michelle give you a, a warning earlier? <laughs> that's how you got it. No, for sure. <laughs> so, true. So, it's a lot it's a lot less laughing in this podcast than this one cuz your oh, your podcast yeah. is yeah. fun. Um this one is also in fun but in like the way it's hard and interesting, um, yeah. and the conversations you don't want to have to have, uh, because mm-hmm. it's about stigma. Um, thing, so stigma for anyone who doesn't kind of understand the difference between what a stigma stigma is and like a label, um, you know, you think of when you think of stigma, it's something that's permanent. Uh, it actually comes from a Greek word that is a permanent brand that someone would be placed that would be placed on someone's skin that they could not remove to identify them as a criminal, uh, someone who is undesirable. And so it it has this idea of permanence, something about you that you can't change that impacts your ability to be successful in life in some way. Um, And specifically within the military, we're talking about special needs, um, those who have disabilities, we're talking to people who are victims of trauma. Um, we're talking about race. There's a ton of different areas of stigma that our families are facing. Um, and sometimes we see that these areas of stigma prevent them from getting help. We know that about mental health, right? We know right. that that's mm-hmm. huge. Um, but it's in other areas too. And, and folks feel like they can't plug in and belong to this organization if they feel there's stigma associated with just being who they are. And so we want to talk about it. <laughs> so our podcast is called Disruptive Storytelling with Military Changemakers because we know that there are so many amazing people doing amazing things out there. And so our season one is called Military Stigma, Tough Conversations Worth Having. Mm, I'm already sweating. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, but it's so it's so important that we have these hard conversations, right? Like it's it's fun to have fun yeah, conversations, right. but it's important to have the hard ones because we know that they belong. They help make change for our families. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I agree. I know that when I started talking about special education and the problems we were having. It was not a welcome conversation at all, you know, and I think it was just easier for organizations to say, oh, it's just a small group of people. Those are just very outspoken, crazy parents that are having these problems. You know, they wanted to dismiss those folks who had some very legit, you know, problems that that were that could be solved if if folks were following federal law. And um <laughs> You know, I just think that uh, it's important. It's important to kind of push the envelope and and strengthen numbers. And so the hope is that this podcast, people can not only just educate themselves, right, you know, on what some of these issues yeah. are, but then they will feel more comfortable even speaking up about it. Like, yeah, okay, I have ADHD, my kids have ADHD, you know, there is a reluctance to get into EFMP because I want them to enlist one day, you know, those type conversations. Um, 
And that way we can try to figure out, well, what is the solution to that? Maybe there are needs to be changed, you know, um, on, you know, perhaps recruitment, you know, or, or, you know, big picture type of solutions. So I'm excited, Jen, I think you're going to be, um, it's not like you said, it's going to be like a frou-frou type of podcast, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. There's other yeah, ones nice. like that, you know, but this is, this is going to, this is going to be good, you know, and I think that we're going to get a lot of great folks throughout, not just the militaries, but also the veteran community as well to kind of chat about their experiences. So I'm glad we're doing it. We would love to come on and be a guest on the podcast. Yeah. I'm excited. You're gonna have to talk with me. You're gonna have to talk with me a little bit more. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. I know you're tough. You you, you get you dig deep. I know. I think I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, we want to hear. You know, just like you guys are sharing your stories and talking with folks and on this podcast, it's we know that that helps people feel connected to this community. And yeah. you know, like like you said, not everyone want can have those hard conversations each time. I, it takes, Mm -hmm. it's draining to have these, those types of conversations from my perspective. Um, you just walk around after talking to some of these folks and and you're like, I'm so blessed that you talked to me and shared your story, but I know Mm -hmm. now how much I could be doing more as an individual. You know, I've learned so much, so I'm excited that you all get to hear it and, and learn it also. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I was kind of I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, through all the like interviewing and advocating that you've done, what would you say is like one thing that um, many people are like unaware of when it comes to um, the experience of the military kid in terms of, you know, or or in regards to the organization as a whole, like some some of the things that they are like, oh, I didn't know, you know, that you guys went through that. You know, have you noticed a trend in anything in, in particular? Uh, Sorry, I just made that question super long for no reason. No, no, I love that you did that. And it gives it context. And yes, I mean, I think that when we talked to like our civilian friends, um, they were not aware that the IEP is just, you know, not accepted everywhere you go and that they just thought, oh, you just have a education plan. It's going to be implemented wherever you go. And it's not the case. I don't think they realize that, you know, states do things differently. School districts do things differently and that um, the federal law allows for, you know, certain updates and changes. And so I don't think they realized all of what our kids have to go through every time they move and not just education. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's also, guess what? You have to call all their medical providers, you know, and say, Hey, I'm coming. I'm not there yet, so I'm not sure when you need a referral, but I need to get on a wait list for Dependamalpede and for the speech therapist and the ABA therapist and for the OT and, oh, by the way, she needs to see a specialist. And so it's just a lot of, like, work on the spouse. You know, I I know that we've talked about that many a times, but, um, you know, the active duty service members are always so very busy when they get to that new duty station that they can't really do half of what, you know, the spouse is doing. And, um, you know, our hope is that to make that transition, those PCS transitions, just a little bit easier. So I think my civilian friends are just always floored when they hear the volume of work that has to be done every time we move. You know, it's just they have this wonderful setup, but they don't have to go anywhere throughout, you know, their children's, you know, <laughs> life, they can pretty much stay somewhere if they're blessed for the entire 18 years. And so that's just, you know, one of those things about the military lifestyle, 
it's just that move every two to three years is, is something that people, unless you've lived it, you don't really know how difficult it can be. Yeah. So that's, that's my perspective. Now, would you say, you, you know, your kids, like have your children expressed frustration um, about the processes or is this more like just being, you know, as a mother, you're noticing these things and you're the one dealing with it, but is your kid also affected as well? For sure. My daughter was, she had some therapists. She absolutely loved she loved, you know, parts of her school before, you know, and these are people that you rely on for care or, you know, they're just, you see them on a weekly basis, sometimes two times a week, three times a week. And then it's like, they're part of your family and then up, you know, you're moving again. And so, you know, these kids, they thrive on the consistency and routine. And then all of a sudden you're moving them. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard for them not to regress, you know, because they will just emotionally missing these people that have been a part of their lives, trying to meet new people, trying to get used to new therapists. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot to ask for these kids. You know, they always talk about the resiliency of our military kiddos and, you know, yes, some of them can bounce back a little bit, but you know, a lot of them struggle and it just, you know, compounds each time we move. So, uh, and we know yeah. that military kids in general have harder time with education. It's not just special education. It's just amplified with special mm-hmm. education. All military kids have to hit the ground running in a new location. They don't have the benefit of my sibling went to this school. You already okay. know me. You know me because I was five when we met. You know, So there's mm-hmm. this lack of community that we face as military families. And when you're adding in this layer of complication with special education, it's just overwhelming for families. I mean, I'm new to it and I'm learning and it is like learning a whole nother language to understand how to support your own child. Like, you know, your child better than anyone else, but in order to navigate this world, you have to learn the law. And not only do you have to learn the law, you have to learn it in multiple states. So it's, it's really a lot for families, but, you know, I, I think we would want to share with them that they're not alone and there are other folks out there who care and who are taking their time and their talents and putting it towards fixing these problems. Um, you know, and we're not just our organization, but others too. And you're not alone. Right. You're not alone. Exactly. And that's just so important, you know, because I think when I started speaking on families were contacting me saying, you're telling my story, that just kind of validated, you know, like we're out there. You just maybe can't see us because many of them are just barely trying to hold it together. But we know that they're out there. And, um, you know, if you could just help one family from whatever advocating you can do, it's worth it. Yeah, it is. So if we have, you know, anybody that's listening who, you know, wants to get involved and kind of help in any kind of way, like how can they do that and how can they reach out to you guys? Well, the main, can, uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, no, they can connect with us on our website. Uh, we have the promiseacts.org. And if they want to send an email with anything specific, any questions, um, it's info at partnersandpromise.org. And you can connect with us anyway, you know, or on social. Um, we'll share that and hopefully you can put that in the show notes or, or whatnot and give some ways to connect with us. Um, but there's always opportunities for partnerships here. Absolutely. And we do have a newsletter that goes out on a weekly basis. So they can sign up for that on our website. 
um, which is fantastic. That's really um, grown a lot over this past year. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we're, we're out there. We're on all sorts of different platforms and uh, sharing all the great things that we're doing every, every week. And um, it's been fun. It's been fun to see it grow. It's, uh, it's like your little baby, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's probably the same for you guys with the podcast and just kind of seeing all your membership viewers grow. And it's just it's beautiful, you know, because you know that you are connecting more with those who really need it. So it's, it's, been, it's been great. So I know you guys mentioned the podcast, but like, what's the next, um, the next goal, the next, I guess, you know, what's that next step for you guys? Well, the podcast is huge. Um, and I'll let Jennifer talk about, you know, the next step, but it's basically our survey, our annual survey. So I'll let her chat about that, but that's, that's huge. And of course I'll just kind of stand in the back here, but you know, I'm also seeing what's in the defense budget this year. So that's, that's kind of like keeping our eyes on it, but the survey is going to be coming out first. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. Yeah. Speaking of children, <laughs> uh, my child just walked in, but this is life, right? So, you know, that is life with, especially when you're an organization that is all about kiddos so um, <laughs> and working from home. So our survey, it, this is the third Partners of Promise survey that we've conducted. And last year, we were really excited. We were able to put it through the rigor and, and get some statistically significant data that we shared, which is why we are doing our podcast. It's based on this information. So if families do nothing else um, except for fight their own fight, which is absolutely, totally fine, please take the survey because this is a way for us to advocate for change for policies and programs that are impacting your life. And you don't have to do anything other than take 20 minutes and fill out a survey. Um, it's going to be open September 7th through October 8th, I believe is the dates. Um, and we're really excited uh, this year. We're going to look deep dive into some different areas that we didn't cover last year. Um, enrollment status in EFMP. We're looking at uh, how the military lifestyle may impact your child's ability to get diagnosed and receive services if there's a delay in any of that process. We want to know so that we can understand what's going on with our families and use that to inform our decision makers. Yeah, absolutely. And Sorry, I'm going to mute myself because we're having, oh, no, we're having a gr- grumpy moment. You're fine. He's doing good. Oh. It's okay. It's been oh. a long day. Blame it on the moon, like I yeah. said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think we've had, we've had our... Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, same. You know, what, what Jen said, you know, I think that we're able to deep dive a little bit this year and, um, you know, we're, we really looked at PCS transitions this year. I think, you know, based on what kind of data we get from this next survey will kind of help us figure out, you know, what other initiatives do we need to pursue in the defense budget next year? So um, I'm looking forward to it, you know, and I think that as our name gets out there more often and more people hear about Partners in Promise, we're going to get more and more people to take the survey. That's been a traditionally a very under-surveyed community is our EFMP community. So I'm looking forward to... Um, seeing some more folks finding us, taking it and uh, seeing what, seeing what's going on, you know, throughout the service branches. So yeah, it's going to be great. So September, we need everybody boots on the ground, getting it out so that we can uh, get some good data. Awesome. All right, ladies, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on. 
So before we leave, we're going to get into our affirmation that we do. You all are welcome to join us if you want. I am enough. I I am enough. Enough. I have the power to create the life I desire. I have the power to create create the the life life I desire. desire. I am worthy of my dreams. I am worthy worthy of of my my dreams. dreams. I am worthy of my dreams. It's been such a great time. Thank you so, so much, Candace and Mary. We love you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. Thank you guys. (laughs) You guys have a great one. And remember, shine, sis. You got this. You got this, girl. (laughs) 